Welcome, everyone. Welcome, Kuhau. Welcome online. Um, we just want to, yeah, clap it up, guys. The more noise for me, the better. So, you know, Ro always says that we are a talk back kind of church. So, you know, if you like what I say, say amen. If you don't like it, like Ruben says, say amen anyway. <laughs> uh, so, I'm going to start with the scripture. We're reading from, well, you know, first I want to say, like, being able to close the series. This is the first time I'm closing a series, and I'm really excited. Um, there were some things in here in this in this passage that were a little tricky, and I was just like, all right, Lord, you just going to have to take the wheel. So, um, so I'm just going to start with scripture. 1 John 5, 13 through 21, and I'm reading from the NLT version. And it says, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know you have eternal life. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. If you see a fellow believer sinning in a way that does not lead to death, you should pray, and God will give that person life. But there is a sin that leads to death, and I am not saying you should pray for those who commit it. All wicked actions are sin, but not every sin leads to death. We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning. For God's son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch them. We know that we are children of God, and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come, and he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with his Son. Jesus Christ. He is the only true God and he is eternal life. Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. I will. Keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. The title to my message today is if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> All right. From my hip-hop heads, we're not taking it there. <laughs> Stop. I know where you guys are going. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. Lord God, I just thank you always for this opportunity to be able to bring forth your word, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that you chose me as the vessel for today, Lord. I pray that every heart encounters you, God. Every heart encounters you, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that if this is information that they know already, Lord God, I pray that you just embed these words in their hearts, Lord. Because out of the abundance of our hearts, our hearts, our mouth speaks. And so, Lord, I just say thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to start today by taking a poll with the show of hands, all right? I want to know how many here make a list, a grocery list when they're going out shopping to the supermarket. 
Okay. Ah, I'm not alone. <laughs> I am not alone. So me, I do not. I do not make any lists. I I have a iPhone that I can create daily. Uh, what is it? Daily reminders. I have a phone with like super plenty of apps that I can make these lists, but I do not make any lists. And um, that is one of Ro's pet peeves. <laughs> Ro is a list maker. He has a list for everything. I promise you, like in the beginning of our marriage, <laughs> I looked at his daily, his daily reminders. It said something with church, ministering, something he had to complete something, and there was a bubble. Spend time with Lisa. <laughs> but I don't make any lists, and um, I don't create any daily reminders. I do, however, keep mentalists. I keep mentalists. I'll go to the supermarket and I'll know. I'll know exactly what I need because I'm in that kitchen 24-7. I'm the one that's cooking. I'm the one, right? And you know what I'm talking about? Like, I know what we need in the house. So my mentalist is good enough. But somehow still, I manage to leave behind <laughs> some absolute key essential items. And like just the other day, I was making a pastelon. Mm-hmm. Come on, I, I, I expected something. Let me start this over. I was making a pastelon. Yes! <laughs> and um, a pastelon, for those who don't know, it's like a Puerto Rican lasagna with ground beef. There's like three major main essential ingredients. So it's um, sweet plantains, uh, maduros, ground beef, and um, mozzarella cheese. Mozzarella, it's for you. <laughs> and you just layer it, and it's a la- layers of deliciousness. That's what it is. And so just the other day, I promise you, I kid you not, I was making a, a pastelon for one of our dwell nights. I go to the store. I'm picking, I'm picking up all my ingredients. You know, I got everything. And, and I'm like, you know, it's crunch time because I got to make this for tonight. You know, that's what I was thinking. And so I began to prep. I'm home. I began to prep. And I realized as I'm like already layering my pastelon, I realized that I left a key ingredient. I forgot the ground beef. <laughs> that's like the main thing. I kid you not, I left the ground beef. And this happens to me all the time. And I feel like in our passage today, that's what John is clearly stating. He is clearly stating, I have written this to you. He is saying, the purpose of this letter is for the following list. After reading five chapters, we just read five amazing chapters with five amazing speakers. We heard about real love. We heard about forgiveness. We heard about um, sin. We heard about it all. And John is saying, after reading five chapters, what I want you to get, what I want you to understand, what I want you to know, what I want your takeaway to be is, it's in the following list of affirmations. 
Essentially, he's saying, I don't want you to leave the grocery store without these key items. And so he's saying that I don't want you to leave this chapter, this this first John book and, and leave it without knowing these affirmations, without having these main ingredients. I don't want you to leave this letter forgetting these things. This list, this is a list of affirmations, a list of essentials that I just want you to walk away with. And the first thing he says is, 1 John 5.13, he says, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. And so for, so for those of us that are writing, number one is we know we have eternal life. He says, I'm writing this to you, the believer, the believer, the one that believes, to the one that has accepted Jesus as truth, to the one who has accepted Jesus as the son of God. Know that you have eternal life. Eternal life. Eternal life is a free gift of God. It's knowing and living in union with Jesus Christ. And it begins from the moment that we say yes to him. It is not something we have to earn. And we just receive. We can receive this free gift of his grace and forgiveness. This eternal life, which is life in abundance. It's life that this world cannot give us. It's eternal life. And then we have this eternal life as believers because we've already accepted him as truth. We have that access now. That access is given to us now, which means that eternal life for the believer is not something that we have to wait till after death. We don't have to wait to experience eternal life in knowing Jesus. When we meet Jesus, we have access to it. We have access to him. We have access to the abundance of life. And it's not now, I mean, it's not tomorrow, it's not yesterday, it's now. It's not when we die. We have access to the eternal, we have access to the, to the divine now. I think I need to hear you say that. We have access now. Thank you. And so many of God's people, excuse me, so many people, so many of God's people, they're like almost waiting to experience heaven. And, oh, thank you. Thank you. Sorry, guys. So, so some of us believers, I want you to take a minute. Thank you. So, so many believers sometimes, so many of God's people, they're almost like waiting for heaven to experience this eternity, waiting for heaven to experience the divine and waiting for heaven to experience this peace and this healing and this health. They're waiting to, for, for us to get to that moment, for us to receive that. But people, I, we have that access to him now. Then John gives us that second affirmation. In 1 John 5, 13, 21, he, uh, through 21, verse 14 and 15. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. So number two, 
we know God hears us. John is reminding us that we can approach God with confidence. It's a firm trust in entering into his throne. It's a boldness even. Knowing first that we can approach him and knowing and obtaining this confidence that God hears us. We can ask for anything according to his will and he will hear us. His will is for us to grow. His will is for us to prosper, is for us to grow in his grace and the knowledge of Jesus. And he hears us. He is listening. He is listening. There are times we go through trials. There are times we go through things where we're just asking like, we, do you even hear us, Lord? And the word clearly says he hears us. He loves us that much. He loves us so much that whatever we ask, we will have it. And again, according to his will. When you discover how much your father loves you, it changes the way you pray. It changes the way you pray. When you discover, how, like, and I don't, you know, some of us, true story for me, I was serving God for a while, and then I was reading in the Old Testament, and I think it was in the book of Joel, and, and it was like a, yes, exactly, it was a revelation, like, oh, snap, like, God loves me, and I've, I've preached about this before, and like, I will forever preach about his love for me because I know where I come from. I know my heart, I know my mind, I, I know those things, I know those sticky, icky places that no one else knows, I know them. And God loves me that much. And I will always talk about his love. And he loves us that much. He loves you. That's not just for me. He loves you. He loves you. He loves us all. We have this access to him when we had said yes to him. When, when we said, Jesus Christ, you are our Lord and Savior. We have that access now. And he loves us so much. Our prayers change. Our worship change. Like I know sometimes we approach him. There was a time when I approached him with shame. There was a time when I approached approached him with, with just being timid. You know, when you just come into, coming to someone that you barely know and you're like, hey, you know, can you, can you do this for me? No, we have this authority. This is what John is saying. We have this authority that we can enter into his throne. We have this access to Jesus where we can come to him knowing, coming in confidence that he hears us that he hears and that he's listening to what we have to say. It changes, I have to say this, it changes the way we approach him. Where maybe once you didn't understand the magnitude of his love for you. And I, I, I didn't have to say that right now because I said so much about it, but I feel like that word, that magnitude, when you, don't un when you don't understand the magnitude of his love, it's like, when you don't understand it, you're not approaching him with that confidence. And John is saying, no, you can. 
You can approach him with this, with this confidence because he hears you. You can, we can, we can approach him with expectancy. We can pray and believe because he is listening, because he hears our, because he hears us, because his ears are attentive to our prayers. We can stand from a place of victory and proclaim and declare his promises. That is what we, as believers, we have this access to. Can, can I hear an amen? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Then he goes on to talk about sin. So I know. And so then for me, I'm like, I'm reading this, right? And so there were just really key things that were highlighted for me. So for me, it was these affirmations. Anytime I was reading the, the verse, it was just, yeah, there's this knowing. There's, he's saying, we know, we know, we know. And now you know this, and now you know that. Because we have accepted Christ, because we are believers, these people were doubting. They were doubting their faith in Jesus. And so here we are, John is saying, you believers, like we have this access now. And then he goes on to talk about sin. And so I'm like, oh, Lord, okay. I will try to touch on this, God. <laughs> I will try to touch on it. And so in verses 16 and 17, I didn't highlight it, Reuben, but um, I want to read it here. In verses 16 and 17, it says, If you see a fellow believer sinning in a way that does not lead to death, you should pray, and God will give that person life. But there is a sin that leads to death, and I am not saying you should pray for those who commit it. All wicked actions are sin, but not every sin leads to death. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> What are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing here? And so John takes a moment to address the sin. And our very own Pastor Roe has an amazing preaching on sin. If you haven't heard it, please go back and listen to it. It's really amazing. And if you guys are really looking for um, an in-depth study of this verse, we can ask our very own Pastor Ruben to expound on it. Me, I'm just going to briefly touch on it. And what I'm going to bring to you really is um, what one scholar by the name of Paul Ellis has said about this verse. And then we'll go on to continue with just jumping into the rest of the text. I didn't want to read it out loud to you guys and then not even touch on it. So Paul Ellis, which is a scholar, says, John is not talking about different types of sin. He's telling us when to pray and when to quit praying. When our brothers and sisters are stumbling in sin, we should not condemn them, but pray that God would lead them in the way of life. But if the sinner, if the sinning brother or sister makes choices that bring their life to a premature end, there's no point praying any further. Our responsibility to pray ends at the grave. What happens after that is God's concern. And that was written by Paul Ellis. You can look him up. You can look him up. But what I really want to highlight <laughs> is 1 John 5.18, where he says, We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning, for God's Son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch them. First, he says, 
we'll go over the two points. He says, one, we have eternal life. And two, he hears us. And number three, for those who are writing, we know not to make a practice of sin. John is communicating that there is a righteous way we have been called to live. Because we've been made righteous, we can live righteous. Because we have been made new, we can walk new. You don't do to become righteous. You have been made righteous, so now you can live that way. You have been placed in right standing with God, and now you can show the world what that looks like. He says, we know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning because we have come to know him, because we are living continuously in him, because we are abiding in him. We are not purposely giving access to the enemy. We are not actively pursuing sin. Temptation will come. This is not saying that temptation will not come. Temptation will come. Temptation will continue to exist. And even mature believers will struggle with sin. However, actively pursuing sin as a continual practice is not the mark of someone who has been changed by Christ. And he gives us the secret. In the very own scripture, he gives us the, the secret tongue twister. He gives us the secret to overcoming temptation. He says, the secret to overcome, he didn't say, he doesn't say that, but the secret to overcoming temptation is not found in your own ability and in your strength. Verse 18 says, we are held by Christ securely. Held by Christ. Has anyone been here held by Christ? Where you know you're about to make a wrong move, but you're held by Christ. Where you're about to make a wrong decision, but you're held by Christ. Can we say that? I'm held by Christ. Amen. 1 John 5.19. We know that we are children of God. And I'm going into number four. We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with the Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God and he is eternal life. Number four, we know we are God's children, which is my favorite. <laughs> Knowing the true God is to know God as a father. And the last thing he wants to remind us is we are children of God. That God has sent his son to redeem us, to redeem those under the law, to redeem us from sin. That we might receive adoption to sonship. We have been chosen. We have been chosen, people. He loves us unconditionally. He has set us apart since our mother's womb. We are marked in him with a seal. We have received adoption through sonship. And because we are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So we are no longer slaves, but God's child. And since we are his children, God has also made us an heir. 
It's through the blood of Jesus, the blood of Christ that was shed on that cross. It was on that cross we see that God is a being of total self-giving love, unconditional love, agape love. It's on the crucified and risen Jesus that we see God's true heart revealed and we now live in fellowship with the true God. Jesus says, the word says in John 14, 6, no one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. He says, Jesus says, get to know me. Get to know me. Well, how do we get to know you? Abide in him. Let's abide in him. We have eternal life. We have this access to him. And guys, I'm going to call the worship team up. We are coming to a close. <laughs> he says, get to know me. And what I love about this, um, about this passage is that John makes it clear he's speaking to the believer. And he's basically saying, like, I'm reminding you. I'm reminding you. We chose. We, we said we said we've accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior. And he's saying, John is saying, this is not new information. This is not something that, like, you're not new to this. This is something we know. And if you didn't know, let me just reaffirm some things to you. That this is when you said yes, this is what we're walking in. This is who we believe in. Have no doubt. Have no doubt in who you place your faith in. Have no doubt that he hears you. Have no doubt that you can enter into his throne, enter into his, in, into, into his place, enter into his feet with confidence. He loves us so much. And I want to just remind you guys that we can be secure in that. There's a security, there's a certainty that he loves us that much. He gave us his only begotten son. He loves us that much. We can enter, and I'm going to repeat, I'm going to be repetitive. I'm going to say the same things because it's a simple gospel. Jesus loves us. We don't have to complicate things. I say this all the time. We do not have to complicate things. We have this access. There's an assurance we have as believers. There's an assurance on his forgiveness that we can walk in victory walk in this eternal life that whenever we're going through something whenever there's a trial when there whenever our brother is even going through something that we can enter into his place into his throne and we can enter with certainty and John is basically saying sometimes we need reminders of that and I want to remind you guys that we have that authority. There's an authority that was placed in us through Jesus Christ. You can, I want you guys that when you enter into his throne, Lord, I know that you are hearing me today because your word says it. I know that you are listening and that you will give me whatever I ask according to your will. I know this, Jesus, because your word clearly says it clearly says it and so Lord I come before you with this whatever your this is whatever it is that our brother and sisters that we need to be praying for you see your pastors here pray for us you see the leaders here pray for them you see the, the any any 
dream team member, your, your friends, your brothers, your sisters, pray for them. Lord, I may not see it, but you know, you know all things. This may look cloudy to me, Lord, but you know all things. And so I'm coming to you boldly and I'm gonna walk in this authority that you have given me. Can we stand? There's a boldness and a quality of life. Well, first there's a, quali a quality of life that we have the moment we had said yes. There is a quality of life that the world does not give us. That there is a quality of life. There is a peace that surpasses all understanding that the world does not give us. There is a healing, an inner healing that the world does not give us. Sometimes we, we look to other things to satisfy our souls. Sometimes we look to other things like even food. We look to, to food to satisfy. I'm stressed and I'm just gonna eat or I'm stressed and I'm gonna turn to this substance or I'm stressed and I'm gonna turn to this. and. God is saying that you have a quality of life. You guys, as believers, we have a quality of life that's different from the before we know. There's a me before Jesus who did not have a quality of life. And the me with Jesus, he loves us just so much. And I just want to remind you guys to walk in this authority that he has placed in you. You do not have to be timid entering into our father's courts. We are speaking to our daddy. And if that may look like, Lord, I messed up again. Lord, I know, I know I said that this time I wouldn't. I know, Lord, but I just can't resist. And Lord, just know that you can enter into him that way and be your real self, your true self. You don't have to come at him with words, looking for big words. You don't have to come at him with big words. He already knows every part of us. He already knew we were going to make we were going to do the thing that we were going to do. And he still loves us unconditionally. And I want these affirmations. Like, I want this to be the thing that you leave here with knowing. Like, if you forgot everything First John was speaking about, please hang on to these affirmations. Please hold on to these affirmations. Please make a list not just a mental list, put it in your reminders, open up your phones, make an app to make this list. And then John, in five, uh, the last verse, because he just doesn't end it there. 
The very thing he says at the end of the scripture is, Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. And some, some versions say, guard yourselves. It says, little children, guard yourselves. Guard yourselves from idols. Dear children, be on guard against all clever facsimiles. That's the message version. He's saying, guard yourself from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. That can be, that can be a person, that can be a thing, that can be an item, that can be false teachings, that can be our children. If we're just putting all our into just our children, like we're making our children our idols. I'm not telling you guys not to care for your children. I'm the last person that would say something like that, please. But he says, guard yourselves. And so I wanna encourage you guys to guard yourselves and keep away from anything that might take God's place in your heart. And how can you guard yourselves is with these affirmations. With those lists of affirmations that he hears us, that we have eternal life. Having eternal life means there's a quality of life that we have that we didn't have before. Know that we are God's children. Know not to make a practice of sin. These are ways we can guard our hearts. So I want to give you guys time to um, respond to this word. And I am done. And I want to ask you guys to come on up as we begin to worship. Come on up. And so I thank you, God. I thank you, God, for this word that you have placed in my heart, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, for your strength. Pray right now, Lord God, that we may guard our hearts, Lord. We say yes to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.